What it do, DMV, episode four of Chirpin' DMV. And Kyle, real quick before we get started, give me a number, one to ten, of how upset you are about the Caps being done in the first round still. 6.9. All right, well, I wasn't, I started to get over it, then I realized we got to make some episode notes, and what are we going to talk about? The Caps are done, and high school doesn't get started till a couple months from now still, but we figured it out. We got it covered. We're good. Our fourth or our fifth person of the team that you are now meeting for the first time, we have our what will be our Virginia hockey insider, our college hockey guru, helping us out throughout all next season, throughout the summer. Assistant coach George Mason, head of recruiting there. So Alex Gross is who we got. Say what's up. What's up, boys? It's good to be here. So I'm here again, per usual, with Kyle. Yeah, what's going on, boys? And Brando, producer Brando. Hello, everybody. So we'll get started. We'll get into it. We'll give you a bit of some uh, hometown hockey, which we'll be touching on as the season comes up and gets started. But right now it's the summer, so we're going to introduce you to Gross and start getting started here. So it started. Where did it start? CBHL. I know we have some extreme jerseys in here. We have some Reston Raiders jerseys in here. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I started skating at two years old. My dad's a Canadian, so I was born with skates on and was doing initiation programs three, four, five years old. Then started playing Reston Raiders and first ever Ashburn Extreme team and 20-something, who knows, squirt team, though. Then went over, played Reston Raiders AAA, Statesman AAA. It was an old dead team now, but that was a lot of fun. And went from there back to Ashburn, over to Reston. Yeah, jumped around the CBHL a bit. Yeah, so we told you about ourselves. We're all Maryland guys. We all played in the local Maryland circuit. So, Virginia people, you now have a voice. Um, he's going to be covering it all for you. He's going to be talking about it. So, started there, and then we obviously, like we all do, high school hockey. Yeah, so I played a little high school hockey at Fairfax High School, and we had a combined team. So, we put up some wins, but we weren't allowed to make playoffs. But at least, you know, we had some fun there. And at the same time, you know, playing on your travel team. All in all. Exactly. So, and then I think after that, we get to where you two met, Kyle and Alex. Was that at Potomac Patriots that first year? Uh, no, it was a little before that in the summertime. We uh, both met at Washington All-Stars, uh, met a team there, great group of guys, and that kind of turned uh, the first year into the inaugural season for the P-Pats. And... Yeah, met uh, Kyle at the tryout. I knew him before we played against each other, Ashburn and Bowie. Some U sixteen action there. Great rivalry, big games. Redheaded kid acting like a dick. Yeah, he's easy <laughs> Ooh, to God. just pick Ooh. on. Just you could just chirp him left and right. Yeah, I mean, last name Powers, red hair. It's not. I'm just freaking target out there. Yeah. So we played on that uh, Washington All Stars team. Went to Potomac Patriots inaugural season. And lost basically every game. It was fun though, you know. You love just hey, more about out. the memories. I don't even remember. So the inaugural w season, anymore. inaugural season. What makes you go there? Um, you get somebody reach out, say, hey, let's both come there, or both after Washington All Stars in the summer, like, hey, let's go try this new team all together. Maybe a uh, handful of the, us. The coach and the GM of Washington All Stars, uh, RJ, kind of just brought that group to P Pats and most of those guys, uh, not just VA guys. I mean, MD guys too, and kind of brought us all together off that uh, Washington All Stars thing. Yeah, it was so it's kind of works how your junior year of high school for the most part you end U16 hockey and then yeah. your options either U18 which kind of fall fell under the table at the time. It wasn't very competitive so that junior route was seemed like the way to go. Yeah, I think that was most for you VA guys. A lot of us before like that year before I jumped to Patriots, most people like I watched growing up and kind of idolized. They went on to U18s. U18 was a big thing for Bowie and that program and then once uh, I think a lot of guys like me, Terjan, JoJo, a lot of guys just jumped to uh, to that 
Patriots, and that's when started to build a bigger program. Yeah, and I think it was just the time and place. I think all around, yeah. you know, the country that junior hockey, tier three junior, junior hockey, hockey was, was picking growing. up. Yeah, yeah. So one year there or two. I mean, I played like four off and on. Okay, four off around. and on. So you kind of did help grow that program if you started right when it began. You and Colin that inaugural season. Definitely gross. He was a big impact in that great locker room guy. So there it is, the local roundup. But then you leave. You leave Pete Pats. You go to. Junior A, Canada, OJ, HL, Toronto Patriots. How did you get there? Yeah, so that happened in my 20 year. I actually went up to Canada my first time after high school when I was 18. Played on a team up there, wasn't liking it. So came back, played on Patriots for another season and a half. Went up to Canada to the North Bay Trappers. And then next thing you know, I was traded to this Toronto Patriots team and in the OJHL. And it was a sick team. Everyone so- was really good. Hate to interrupt, but yeah. this is your final year of juniors. Yes, about last here? year, twenty. So that's twenty that's years awesome. old. Jumping from around here to go to that's kind of a whirlwind. How how'd you take in all that? Yeah, so I mean it was cool when I showed up on the new team. It was you know kind of the new guy coming in February trade deadline that they had up low there. Low energy, low energy to the team. Yeah, I tried um, being an older guy. You know, just kind of be physical where I was kind of an older but not the fastest. Right. <laughs> just brought brought what I could to the that team, and you know that team we went through. Uh, finished first in our division, won four best of seven series to win the Buckland Cup and the OJHL, all thanks to some of the great teammates that we had, like 71 commits, two NHL draft picks. And Any then we, names that stick out on that? Um, the best player, I would say, the biggest name, Michael Prapavisis. He uh, plays on Lake Erie Monsters now in the AHL, played at RPI, leading scorer defenseman. He's really good, just a defenseman with sick skill. And then we, we won the league, went to the Dudley Hewitt Cup, which is like the best of the four teams in Central Canada. We won that, and then we went to the RBC Cup in Vernon, B.C., which was the best five Tier 2 teams in Canada. That's the Royal Bank Cup, right? Royal Bank yep. Cup, yeah, sponsored by Royal Bank Canada. So you're getting the best of the best at this point. Yeah, it's basically the best five teams in Canada. Now, are these series you're playing, or... Winner takes all, one game. Yeah, just round-robin tournament there. Okay. So it was the four best of seven, and then the first round-robin tournament for Central Canada where we won, and we went to that RBC Cup, you know, paid for flight out to Vernon, B.C., beautiful place by Hockey Canada. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, it was unreal. It was a cool experience. We ended up not winning, but we beat the team that won 5-1, so. I mean, after all that, just a a kid from Virginia playing Reston Raiders, playing Aspirin Extreme, I mean, what does that – how how did that feel after all that ended up in Canada your last year and winning a, winning a couple championships? Yeah, it's, I mean, it felt cool, you know, all the hard work you put in. And, you know, I got lucky enough to land on that team with one of the best coaches I ever played for. And just being a part of it was really awesome. Got a nice little ring. Yeah. Back look, home. Look where it all started, baby. Yeah, just the started. DMV. The DMV 703, like just learning to skate at two. Yeah, it's awesome. Turns out well. Yeah, so you have wild, wild junior career there, pretty good times. So then when you age out, you have a choice. You're like, oh, okay, I can go work. I can probably go try to play pro somewhere, or I can try to go to school, play ACHA, NCAA. You chose the school route. We'll get to that school in a minute, but first let me ask, did you go to that school because of the hockey, or did you go to that school and then just be like, ah, I'll keep playing hockey, why not? Right, so I definitely went to the school because of the hockey and – being recruited and what that program had to offer for me yeah so you might not recognize this as a hockey school but iowa state 
There it is. Yep, the Iowa State yeah, football University. school, basketball school, Big Twelve conference, but ACHA D hockey is that D one. So yeah, D one ACHA hockey. They actually lost the championship game this year, the national championships. I had a few buddies that I used to play with, you know, younger guys at the time that were still on that roster. But props to them making that run. So how did how did Iowa State find you, or did you maybe reach out to them at first? But how did that whole process go of getting recruited then to go play ACHA D1? Yeah, so at first I was looking at NCAA D3 schools. I had a few schools interested out northeast Massachusetts. They're all smaller schools, and I had a buddy of mine, Robin Bonvin from Switzerland. He's probably the biggest beauty I've ever played hockey with just because he's an absolute psycho. But uh, he messaged me and said he was looking to go there. I knew a local kid from the DMV, J.P. Kasak, that played there. Talked to him a bit and talked to the recruiting staff there. Next thing you know, I was sold. I liked the idea of the ACHA, big school atmosphere, you know, couple tailgates on Saturdays, a lot of fun. And it was everything and more than I thought it would be. Hell yeah. Uh, did J.P. Kasak, did he coach at – did he coach, come back and coach high school? I think yeah. I remember him coaching St. Stephen, St. Agnes. Yep, correct. Yeah, decked out. That's who Iowa that is. Here. Okay, yeah, so I'll pull you off that real quick. So, yeah, that first year, Iowa State, did you did, – how many how, how many years did you play there? Did you finish everything out or – Yeah, I played three years. I finished college in three years. Perfect. So, when then that, and then it was wow, – big brains type of shit there. Big brains type of stuff, finishing up early. I'm done with you. And then it was back home, George Mason – did you choose to come here, or was that another recruitment process type thing too? Or Yeah, I was just kind of looking into a master's degree, and George Mason back home checked out, um, messaged one of the guys I used to play with who was coaching, Antonio or Tony Cordova, and decided to come do it and play in one season of ACHAD3 with them. And we, along with a few other kids that came in, Trevor Mack and Cameron Smith, their leading scorers currently, we went to George Mason's first national championship. Now, yes. So, oh, go ahead. Um, just want to ask real quick: How is Iowa State versus Mason? Like that level of play, like that. Uh, I guess even the the team environment. How is that from playing out there to playing here? The major difference. I mean, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I think the the Iowa State's a really well run program, program, very cultured hockey program, where you have you know the locker room on in the rink rink miles south of campus you got 800 fans coming a night where george mason was still more of like a club run program still growing yeah yeah so then to mason like we said it was one year we'll get into what they've become and what they're growing into now as a team but well how was the talent there was that did you walk into that team being a stud or did you definitely notice the upgrow there because you said you only played one season so that was 23 games so in those 23 games, obviously you're established by now. You've played three years of college. You've gone to play the Canadian Juniors. You put up 33 goals, 29 assists, 62 points in 23 games. So was that the, the start of the growth of that George Mason program? or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I brought in, I think I brought in uh, some talent there, definitely, and put up points. But, I mean, I was only the second leading scorer. You had Cameron Smith, who I talked to, who just finished out of the Null. He was committed to Dartmouth at 15. He actually had 100 and five points that season so you know it's just another aspect along with Trevor Mack who also had 62 points that year of some of the guys they brought in and what's continuing to happen with that program and now I mean just those names you dropped right there those are all guys that grew up in the DMV if I'm correct I mean that's just kind of bringing what you guys had local to the program correct yes yeah, Smith and Mack both played Ashburn Smith played some little caps Potomac Patriots yeah you know you have damn good teams around here so why not just 
<laughs> build your school off start, of those start teams. To keep, start to keep it around here. Right? right, exactly. I mean, that's kind of the goal. If we had a good college program here, right, kids will go. Yeah, a lot of them will go out. Most will come back and be like, hey, here's another opportunity. And you're playing with kids you grew up playing with. I know you've had a few years apart now, but bingo, let's start a good team and <laughs> start rolling kids and make a name for a program. So just that one season there. And then last season was your first on the coaching staff, correct? Correct, yep. So did you guys do that? Was that the first season since you had graduated, or were there two in between? Nope, that was just finished playing that spring. And then right next season got into it. Yep. So yeah, touch on Mason last year, second straight Delaware Valley Collegiate Hockey Conference Championship, 23 wins across ACHA, D1, 2, and 3. You got Trevor Mack getting named DVCHC Player of the Year, and the guy you just mentioned playing with, Cameron Smith, Offensive Player of the Year, then fell short of ACHA Atlantic Regional to go off to the national championship again? Correct. Yeah, we lost at the regional. So all-around good season. Like I said, you're playing teams that span from D1 to D3, and then you get the note or you get the word that you guys are officially going ACHA D1 in 2021. So you get a season next season, and then you're off to D1. Yep, exactly. How, how, does, how, how was that news taken? Was that in the works for a while, or did it kind of spur the moment? Did the league say, hey, we think you should get going, or internal choice? Right. I think about this time last year, our – um, you know, coaching staff and management decided that that's the route we want to take. We wanted to build a ACHA D1 hockey program in Virginia, right there, local in the backyard of the DMV. Yeah, and you've got an established, or you've got established D1 ACHA teams around here with Towson. Um, who else is in that? Uh, Villanova up in Philly. Navy's in that. So you're playing some local teams. It's nice to get another one uh, from right there in the DMV out. But so you got into the recruiting or the scouting, I should say. What do you look for? I mean, what's your game plan? What's your approach? How does that work with you and the coaching staff, team president, anything like that? Do they tell you what they want, and then you go find it, or you be like, hey, I think we need this. Check it out. Yeah, I'm kind of just taking the lead on that. I am the head of recruiting for George Mason University Hockey right now, and what my goal typically is is just bring in the best players I can find. And I think that's reflected if you start following George Mason Hockey on either Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you start can or see some of these recruits we're bringing in, and it's it's looking pretty good so far for next year. Yeah, I mean, and you're a lot of them are local kids coming in. Yep, local kids that you know for whatever reason, grad school transferring, we're able to uh, bring some of these local kids back. I mean, even right out of high school too. So, what's kind of the energy that is it? You see it as obviously a challenge going up to D1 from D3. Obviously, like we said, you still have this season in between, uh, this season coming up. So what are the goals for that season, knowing that's your last one in D3 and then you're you're up there full time? Right. So this year, our goals for D3 are definitely we have expectations on winning a national championship. It's a little it's a little out of our reach, not making it last year, but we definitely think we can do it. We've brought in a few players and we're going to do what it takes this year. We're going to work hard and I think we'll be able to get it done. And then Moving into D1, you know, kind of just bringing in, filling out spots, recruiting-wise, whatever we need to do. We have a lot of cool things happening to the program. we got a full-size George Mason custom locker room, individual stalls, plasmas, left and right. Something something, something pretty to look at when you're walking in, probably all decked out in that green and yellow. Right. Getting Yeah, it's just a lot of cool things. we got a a sweet, monumental uh, sports network, does our live stream. So there's a lot of great perks to being a part of the program. It's a lot of fun. So you mentioned, following on social media, you mentioned some of the big recruits coming in. I kind of want to ask you about three of them that are new that are coming in that I think can make an impact on the team. I kind of want you to tell me 
what your expectations are for these guys. Uh, we yeah. got the Norwegian champ and former Potomac Patriot George Landro. We got NVSHL state champ goalie last year Max Campbell from Langley. That yep. kid's a stud. Got a good view of him last year. And then Ohio University transfer top tier ACHA deep man, your brother Nick, coming in all next year. So I feel like that's three pretty solid guys to come in. What do you what do you kind of expect out of them? Yeah. So those are just the three announced players. However, those three are big. Um, we'll start with Landro. Brought him in from the Potomac Patriots. He's played three years of juniors. He's from California. Just a good puck-moving defenseman. Plays gritty, plays hard. We're really excited to bring him aboard. He's going to make an immediate impact as a 21-year-old freshman coming in on that blue line. Next, as you mentioned, the goalie, Langley State champ, Max Campbell. We love everything we've seen about him. As you said, big you, kid. you like him. He's size, good goalie. I mean... I don't know much about goaltending, but stop the puck and you're going to... If you got good size and you're stopping the puck winning your team championships... We're going to be happy. To hell, why not? And then, like we said, your brother, Nick, coming in, top-tier guy coming out of Ohio University. Yeah, it had to be some tampering there, something trying <laughs> yeah. to recruit this guy. Yeah, Jeez. that's that's uh, it's a little easier to recruit someone when they're your brother. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, bringing in him, he's I think it's something he's played like 250 hockey games at either NCAA, ACHA, or Tier 2 Junior A level since graduating high school. And, I mean, he's a good puck-moving defenseman. He's fast. He can do it all. So we're expecting a lot from him, a couple points, a couple goals. And then I, his plan the year after this, he's going to go to France or Germany. He's going to play pro hockey after that. So There we wow, go. So that's huge. We'll follow up with him, obviously, as that goes on. And... That's kind of what you're, we're looking at with Gross. I'm talking about Virginia hockey, George Mason a lot. We'll be talking about it all summer. And then, Kyle, you wanted to transition on out of that topic. What are we moving to? Yeah, I just want to ask you a quick question. What is your take growing up, uh, being older now, just overall, Virginia versus Maryland talent pools? Just like overall, maybe like past players, players now. What do, what do you think? I mean, obviously, I'm going to go with your – might be a little biased here, but what do you, what's your take, MD versus VA? Man, I think – if you look at some of the players that came out, I think Maryland's putting more kids in the higher levels. I don't know. I don't look at it too much. But, I mean, Virginia, we did have the uh, Team USA Olympic player Garrett Rowe. You know, that's pretty decent just uh, last what, last winter, two winters ago. Mm -hmm. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, right out of Reston, Virginia. And we got uh, we got Chucky Slick, Ashburn, Virginia. Not, he's a pretty good guy. Not bad. Good friend of yours. So... And then Chirpin DMV, like we said, if they're coming out of Maryland or Virginia, who cares who's better? But we're, we're, we're pumping out studs here. We're getting good players bringing out. This, bringing it all together now. So Chirpin DMV, what is your impact on that? What, do you, what, would, what was your reaction when you first heard, like, we were trying to put something like this together and your input, what you want to kind of, like, bring to our table and our platform? Yeah, I mean, I love the idea right away. I wanted to be involved. Kyle hit me up. I was like, yeah, let's go. I was like, Kyle, let's do it. Um, whatever I can do. And so, you know, I'm excited to be a part of it. Just hopefully, you know, get younger listeners, older listeners, people who've been involved in the game, want to be involved in the game, whether they want, you know, cap stuff, right? Anything you want to know hockey in this area, this is your spot. And I think with this team, you know, meeting Billman today, this is, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun to hanging out with you guys and doing this more often. Yeah, because, I mean, like we said, um, there's a lot of moving parts to this. We talked about me, AB, and Kyle the past couple episodes. We're all from the same place. We all play for the same teams for the most part. We all grew up together, but we don't have that Virginia experience. We don't really know what goes on out there outside of playing against those teams. So crucial part of our team, obviously, because he's going to be covering everything Virginia, giving Virginia 
that heavier voice. We have a lot of plans. We were talking before today for next season. We're going to get a lot of stuff involved with video content. Um, even throughout the summer, it's going to be a lot of interview heavy. We've been interviewing a lot of people, a lot of cool stories that you're going to want to hear from local players, organizers, anybody that's made an impact or a difference in the game. In this area, we're going to be getting cool interviews with them all summer, even some video content of those interviews. A lot of stuff in store for next season that we, like I said, we were brainstorming. Um, Kyle, getting some videos involved, maybe go out to some high school games, big Friday night games. Yeah, we, we definitely want to get the community involved, the uh, Virginia high school leagues, Maryland, MAPHL, all of it. Even might, might even branch out to local leagues, who knows, but try to do uh, like a Friday night game of the week, get out there, some watch cool your boys, content. get you player of the game, all that. We'll, we'll get, it, get it more detailed out there, but we, just, we got a few things in mind. And we're going to execute on it. We're going to be great at it. And so before we let them, well, before we end it up, you guys got any good story, anything that could, you can send us out on real quick? I just want, want to let the people know. I mean, you might heard a lot of great stories about Gross, talking about leagues he played in and stuff. But my first year of juniors, I mean, I got moved up before him. I want people to know that. I mean, the guy might have been a better <laughs> player, but I don't know if it was politics or what. I got I got on the higher team. but uh, Yeah, Kyle got on the higher team. That's uh, this was a tough year for me, and then came back, and a few years later, it just showed how you worked hard though, and just got better and better. Yeah, each year. I think I grew a little bit, but yeah, then a few years later, I was on the higher team. And you're on the lower team with my brother. Oh yeah, it did get switched <laughs> around. Oh man, it did get switched around quick. But that, that my last story. year of juniors, that was like. Me and you maybe have an opposites. I, instead of getting moved up into higher into Canada, I kind of got moved down, played with the lowered guys, played with the younger kids, and kind of just took them as a veteran. And just we just rolled yeah, and played, played for, for fun. You. Yeah, I patted the stats a little bit and yeah. uh, just had fun with the boys and finished it off. But, uh, yeah, Gross was definitely a big impact in that Potomac area. So there it is, guys. Alex Gross is going to be on all the time, talking everything local hockey with us. Gross, where can they follow you, Twitter or Instagram? Yeah, uh, Twitter, I think it's Alex Gross 15 G-R-O-S-E. Don't mess it up. <laughs> yeah. If Other you want to go to Mason, <laughs> shoot him a DM. Yeah, <laughs> we can, with your stats. We'll bring you in. I'm going to have to check out your elite prospects. But yeah, um, Kyle, you mentioned my lazy place. So I had a little story there. Uh, so I was playing at Iowa State we were playing against St. Louis and I was cherry picking far blue right not trying to back check get a pass and I just get smoked from behind from this guy kind of hurt my knee a bit so I started skate back to the bench slowly puck gets on my stick I was really pissed off so I just turned and fired at the other team's coach's head <laughs> and it missed him by like an inch I got two games suspy but yeah I thought that was a pretty funny one I That's rifled one. that That's fucker <laughs> The boys yeah, probably loved it, huh? Chirpin' DMV episode four brought to you by Calvert Brewing Company and their new release, Playground Legend, the stuff of legend. Dare to be legendary. The playground is the hardest hidden, most terrifying block around. And you want to rule it all. How does one become sandbox champ and king of the slides? How does one become playground legend? Stand above that seesaw and take it straight to the groin. Punt the kickball over the school. The easiest way of all? Crack this beer, then sip, savor, and slide headfirst down this hazy and winding can of legendary IPA. See you at recess, champs. Playground Legend is brewed with Mosaic, Simcoe, and Citra hops. Available everywhere now on draft and cans. You name it, 9.2%. Come enjoy.
All right, thanks again to our guy Gross for popping into the studio, introducing himself, giving his backstory. We're obviously very pumped to have him on our team, the Chirpin DMV team in our locker room, as we said, talking all things Virginia and college hockey. So looking forward to everything he'll be bringing to the the table there. Uh, a couple news and notes on the hometown hockey front. We had Ashburn native, former Little Cap Cade Groton, just committed to Hamilton College to play some NCAA D3. Uh, he's coming from the NAHL as captain and forward of the Springfield Junior Blues. We had Bishop O'Connell announce Daniel Coaster and Ben Gibbons as their co-captains for the 2019-2020 season. O'Connell, as we know, coming off a trip to that USA Hockey High School Nationals, fourth in the MAPHL AA last year. So O'Connell getting the offseason started. Uh, with the first captain's, captain's announcement. Uh, maybe we'll shoot Flip a DM, see if he'll pop in, give us a call, and talk about his two captains for the next season and uh, kind of give us a recap of Nationals last year. And then last thing, we had this past weekend, the 2019 Hockey Night in Boston Capital District Festival take way out at the Reisterstown Iceplex. Uh, from what we've seen on Twitter, it was a very successful weekend and a lot of great hockey was played. Um, I think those who don't know, I believe this is for players entering 8th, ninth, or 10th grade season next year so come and compete and get exposure to these local prep and junior coaches so there's your local offseason recap so now we'll head to the second round of the stanley cup playoffs our guy ab is jumping back on so let's get started with it so we'll start out in the east carolina new york islanders carolina sweeps the islanders awaits the winner of boston columbus series um, for a date in the eastern conference final and i think the most fascinating stat to me about carolina that i saw on twitter this weekend was since 2002 they've only made the playoffs four times 2002 lost in the cup finals to detroit 2006 won the cup over the oilers 2009 lost in the eastern conference final to the pens and now here they are again in the eastern conference finals so they don't make the playoffs all playoffs often but when they do holy hell uh, i guess they just go all out for it and uh, make it worth it so Biggest thing for me, I'll start uh, for Carolina in that series, was their defense. I mean, they only allowed five goals to an even strength. Uh, the goaltending with both Mrazek and McElhaney was outstanding. And, of course, Justin Williams, uh, our former guy, playing consistently well. So we all picked the Islanders in that series. We were all wrong. So I'll start on this one with A.B. What are your thoughts on that series, knowing that you did not have a lot of great things to say about Carolina when the Caps played them? Yeah, I mean, I still hate them, but – this team, they have that underdog role going. They kind of just embraced it. And you can tell that they kind of just love each other in the locker room, which is what the Caps kind of had last year. I mean, like when you get a group of guys that really just want to fight for each other, uh, you can become an unstoppable team. It doesn't really matter who's on the team. And they got great coaching with that. Brandon Moore behind him, even though I still fucking hate that guy. Um, yeah, it's – and. It's like you said, their defense uh, their defense is great. They were very underrated coming into the playoffs. I think now everyone's starting to see that. They've got a great back six back there. I mean, Dougie Hamilton, I mean, he got walked a little bit by OV, but other than that, he put, he put up some points. Uh, that kid, uh, Slavin, Slavin yeah, that, that kid is nasty. Yeah, he put up I, some numbers there. Yeah, he's, he's, doing, he's having a great playoff uh, come out year. So uh, these guys, they're all just young defensemen. And they all have speed, and they all can body up on anyone in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, they, they just have a great team. That's their mentality, next man up. I hated on them, I'll be honest. I mean, I said Islanders in five. I thought the Islanders were going to steamroll them, but maybe the Islanders sitting sitting around waiting for them, uh, playing seven games in the first series for the Canes. Uh, maybe that hurt them a little bit, and the Canes just came with a full head of steam. 
a guy that I hated when the Caps were playing against him, Warren Fogle. That guy's still killing it, still stepping up. One of the, in my book, yeah, who the of, hell is that yeah, guy? One of the, yeah, one of the top performers right now in the NHL. I mean, I did a little research. He played for the Erie Otters. He, uh, he got to play on a line with Dylan Strome. And he, he even said that he quoted most of his success this postseason to a run that he had with the Erie Otters in the OHL. And that's where he's getting it from. I mean, he wasn't even playing for Carolina most. He was like in and out of the lineup, kind of got in by in- injuries this year, and now he's kind of just taken off. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh he's coming out of nowhere. The McLovin guy, I think they're calling him. Yeah, that's what yeah. they. We were t- we were uh, tooling with him a bit on that. So yeah, clean sweep by Carolina there after New York Islanders were coming off that sweep. Um, we kind of touched on the things there. So the series whose winner will take on Carolina, um, which I think regardless will be good, is Boston-Carolina. So we're recording right now. It's Monday night. It's about 6 o'clock. So game 6 is about to be Columbus. Boston-Columbus, you're right. Um, Boston-Columbus. So game 6 happening in about two hours right now. Like I said, it's 6 o'clock Monday night. Um, Game 5, Bruins. Um, That game was nuts. You had four goals in about two and a half minutes span there in the third. So Boston now one win away at Columbus tonight i picked them originally to win this in seven still very confident in that but guys as game six is going on kyle what does columbus kind of need to do to stay alive tonight and force that decisive game seven uh they just they need their third and fourth line to kind of start it early run a little run around a little bit and get the energy going and kind of create something start something because boston's playing good and they're a team of destiny they always make it they always find a way to win games like like tonight but uh I'm still rooting for Columbus. I think they're going to pull it out. Uh, I think it's going to be CBJ and seven. Yeah, uh, I think the other thing that uh, they need is I think they need Bobrovsky back from like the first couple of games in this series. I think he's – I don't want to say he was had a soft couple of games, but, I mean, he was standing on his head for in a couple of those games to get them a win, and he had a, he had a great first-round series, obviously, sweeping Tampa Bay. I think Columbus's success all kind of depends on how well Bobrovsky plays. I, th- I think Panarin, too. I mean, it's been back right. and forth with him and, like, Pasternak and that first line. Mm-hmm. I mean, Panarin re- the way Panarin plays, I've been seeing, gets this team rolling and gets the other guys going. If he's having a good game, you'll start to see the other boys start to pick up their play. Yeah, but like yep. A.B. was saying with Bobrovsky, that's kind of been the story of why Columbus has never won a first-round series because he's so good all year, and then he just kind of doesn't show up in the playoffs. And so you're finally seeing it now that he's just having that consistency kick in for him. Um, so like I said, you guys both um, are still on that CBJ train to keep their picks right. So Carolina sweeps, Boston-Columbus game six tonight, Monday. <clears throat> on to the west, um, Sharks-Avalanche, a series I've enjoyed. Um, another game six tonight. Sharks up three to two on the Avalanche. This one's being played in Denver, so home ice is there for the Avs. Um, they were my original pick to win this series, and to force that game seven, in my opinion, I'm thinking the Avs will obviously will and can play with that desperation. They've been heavily outshot last game by I think it was like 17 or something like that. So I believe that'll turn around for them. Special teams important as always in the playoffs. Uh, the team that's lost the last two games has taken five penalties. Um, so you can't be affording to do that. Obviously, he has going on to lose the game. Uh, so AB Sharks are they marching on tonight? And obviously, with Pavelski looking like he's getting closer to a return to the lineup, that could be a huge lift for them. Or does Caps legend Grubauer in the Abs force Game Seven? Uh, this is a tough one. Um, I think the Colorado Avalanche—they have uh, a hell of a home record, I think, right? And they're they're at home tonight. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, I can see Colorado forcing the game seven here. I think they play well off their crowd. I mean, Nathan McKinnon, best player in the playoffs by far, I think. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Grubauer can stand on his head when he, uh, when he really, really needs to. And they got Tyson Berry back there. He's been he's been a rock back there on the uh, on the back line for them. And yeah, they just have they have the studs to force this game seven. I think they can force a game seven, but I still think the Sharks will win that game seven at home. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with that. I mean this this series has been so fun to watch. All the all stars in this games are. They're, they're coming to show. I mean, everybody's talking about Logan Couture and Thomas Hurdle. Look at McKinnon and Ratnan. They're putting up the same type of numbers, and they're showing out. And Gruby back there, he's being – he's kind of showing how he can be a starter and take over this league and take over games. So, uh, But I'm going to still stick with Sharks and seven. Jumbo Joe, he's going to get a push for a cup. And uh, big shout-out to Eric Carlson. That guy putting up 11 points this postseason. I didn't think he was playing too well, but uh, he's really stood tall, stood tall for them. So that last series in the playoffs that we need to cover now, the only guaranteed Game 7 as of right now, uh, Monday night. Stars and Blues, Game 7, Tuesday, 8 o'clock in St. Louis. I had the Stars in 7. Um, I do think the Stars will win this game. They've got that sour taste in their mouth from last game uh, with that kind of weird goal where the puck goes off a of Bishop's collarbone, rattles him a bit, and then he goes down. Blues get an empty net goal uh, where I guess Bishop should have just pushed the helmet off like we saw a lot in the first round with a couple goalies. But... Notes real quick, Ben Bishop, 2-0 in Game 7s uh, with two shutouts back when he was with the Bolts. I think Sagan, Cogliano, and Zuccarillo have all been fantastic this series. And shout-out to, I guess, that number one Stars fan behind the bench in Game 6, or, or I guess I should say the Breast fan in Dallas. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> may, may have had some of the guys a little more shook than that Bishop injury. but So, Kyle, Game 7 uh, is Tuesday. Tuesday night. Um, it's UNAB's Blues versus my Stars, as we picked originally. So who's marching on and why? I think it's the Blues. I mean, four to one victory. That that that's a huge. That's pretty huge for if you're watching these games. I mean, they're all one goal games. And then the Blues, they came and turned it up. Showed they wanted more. They're gonna run with that uh, that game six victory. They're gonna win game seven. Bishop's a little shook, and they're just gonna roll. The Blues are playing strong. They're playing as a good unit, like one of those old school Western teams, banging bodies, pucks on net. Yeah, um, I'm sticking with my pick as well. I mean, I just think the Blues, they're deeper down the middle. I know the Stars have been playing great. They've been showing that, that I mean, they got a little disrespected coming into the playoffs, I think, and they showed everyone up that, hey, we can play in this league. We can play with any other team. But I just – I think the Blues have a little more firepower. I mean, obviously, people will say, what the hell are you talking about? They have the Stars of Jamie Van and Tyler Sagan. But Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly – Tyler Bozak, I mean, and then they got Jordan Bennington, who's been a stud all year long back there. I just, I, and, and they're at home. I think I think the Blues go on to the Western Conference Final. Yeah, I could even think of a couple names you missed. The, the Blues, they just got a deep lineup, and everybody's firing, I think, at all cylinders. And I don't think their yep. goalie's scared. Does anybody think the goalie's scared? I mean, I think <laughs> the guy's good. He's confident he back he there. He's not nervous at all. But, yeah, so there it is. That's our quick um, second-round roundup there. Uh, by the time uh, the next episode five drops uh, next Tuesday, uh, we'll be previewing the conference finals. So that'll be exciting to see how those picks went. It'll be exciting to see how all of our second-round picks played out because we already are all 0 for 1 on that Carolina series. But I went the other way 
on the other three than you guys. So that's episode four. Guys, thanks again for tuning in. We'll be releasing, like we said, an episode every Tuesday now. We're on schedule, so be on the lookout for that. Make sure you are subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever your streaming preference may be. And remember to give us a five-star review. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at DMV. Subscribe to our new YouTube page, DMV. There's only one video up right now, and that's of Kyle last year predicting the caps in five on the news. Check it out. <laughs> Where you'll start to see some video content throughout the summer and some interviews coming out um, we got a lot of cool stuff planned like we said so don't forget to check out the blog www.chirpindmv.com if you want to write for us shoot us an email shoot me an email at coach at chirpindmv.com and on that note the skates are off we're out of here see you next week kyle ab send us out of here see you boys thanks for the dmv love baby Man, that's a big ass wasp, dude. That thing. We used to watch Miracle on the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, you bald headed lizard.